Heavy Metal Culture Clash with Geoff Thorpe from Vicious Rumors and Thomas Metal Moser from Rock Antenna, Germany's number one rock radio station. Hello there and welcome back to yet another edition of the Heavy Metal Culture Clash where Geoff, Geoff, it's funny that, that do, do you have a lot of people say Geoff? I, I do. Every now and then, some people find like a D. They like Godfrey, and like I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I spell it Jeff with a G, but I don't see a D anywhere. I you don't know, know, you know, for 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 ages and ages, uh, I think the whole metal community in Europe, at least in Germany, would say, you know, it's it's Jeff Tate of Queensrÿche, right? Right. And never, never Jeff. Yeah. It, because, because with this O in there. Everybody goes like, fuck, it's Joff. Why is it Jeff Joff? Oh, my God. What's he called? So. I, I, I was noticing in recent years, people just called me Mr. Thorpe. And I, I, <laughs> and I thought, really, there's no need to be so formal. Um, but Your credit card is not available anymore. You Mr. know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not running. But, but great to be here on the metal, the culture class with, uh, with you, sir, Metal Moser. Yeah, we're, we're sending out of uh, Munich, Germany, by the way. Uh, so this is a, a really international shit going down <laughs> but uh, uh yeah uh, i'm glad you found your way here and uh, into the middle of bavaria and uh we're here talking metal we're here talking rock music we're here talking hard music because everything's somehow connected to each other and uh, combined and and uh, everything just you know it makes sense when you when you add it all up mm-hmm. but uh i think we got to talk about i think we got to talk about the business side of metal okay Ouch. this is something yeah this you, want to, is, you want to get ugly then? You want to get dark? <laughs> no, because there's something I realized, and I'm not I'm not in the business per se, which is funny because I'm I'm somewhere in the middle. Being being a radio guy, I see what's going on in the heavy metal business, but yet I'm still a fan, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the middle, and somehow the business side doesn't really it doesn't make me make me smile. You know, well, I'm I'm in the business knee deep, and I'm a yeah. fan, which makes me technically insane. <laughs> yeah, and that's um, true. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for that insanity, I think this would have been over a long time ago. You know what? I just just a couple of days ago, I talked to little Stephen, <laughs> Steve Van Zandt, and he said, "I'm supporting young bands because you know." To be in a rock band right now is insane. You got yeah. no reason to be in there, yeah. so that's why I'm supporting you. <laughs> So I don't. I see what you. What do you mean? Hang on. Well, you know, in the in, in the immortal words, uh, you know, from Paul Stanley, man, it's never too late to work nine to five. So when I think true. when I think of that, I still love, still love the rock and roll. But it's funny, like as soon as you're somehow connected to the heavy metal business side of it. Uh, here on the radio, you have uh, pretty much promoters coming in, and uh, they they want to. Pretty much sell you records of uh, people that bought them or they gave them money to say like promote my record, and so when you when you start doing business, a band's not a band anymore. A band is a, a theme. There's a new topic. It's a new product. Right. No, actually, it's not the product. I think the CD that you're selling is the product. <clears throat> That's what what they call them. You know, it's um, the CD nowadays. Are you know when you make the record, it's almost like a it's almost like your business card. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's almost yeah. become that, and and the touring and and the merchandise and that that part. It's, I, it's interesting. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's just and, it, and nowadays, you know, they started. I don't know when this changed, but when you talk to some 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 business people, they go like, "Yeah, this tour is sold out ninety four percent." What does that mean? You know, 
Yeah. Well, now we had like a 58% increase of tickets, you know, whatever. This is not heavy metal anymore. Yeah. <laughs> What is this? It's good news, <clears throat> but it's not heavy metal. <laughs> you know, I know. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's a tough business. Um, and sometimes it uh, is. It, it is. And, and what you were saying about little Steven saying that I sometimes wonder too, like, um, I've been fortunate to be part of a long, long running entity at yeah. Vicious Rumors. And 400 I, years. 404. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're, we're going to be so celebrating. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> and w what I do is I just keep getting guys younger and younger. Uh, my new guitarist, uh, Gunnar DeGray, incredible guitar player, 18 years old. And uh, this is no joke, but this, this, <clears throat> this guy is just a world-class guitarist. He's an artist, classical pianist, flamenco guitar. I mean, he's just... And and what I'm looking for now is a maybe a 16 year old kid to replace me. <laughs> um, and I'm looking at the you know <clears throat> current. There must be some kids out there that are yours that you have no idea about whatsoever, and they gotta come <gasps> up and go like, dude, you know where where this comes from? This guitar shredding. <laughs> It's your jeans. <laughs> Hello, Dad. No, man, that's Larry. That's my drummer. <laughs> Larry, Larry has that all sewed up. I was, I was in the back taking care of business. He, but uh, he, he did a good job, let me tell you, from what I hear. <laughs> uh, that's great. So, you know, the business is there. And as for me, as I'm still not totally a part of this business, just on the side, I can still be a fan. The business takes away a lot of being a fan, actually. It really does. Oh, man, it does. Because I'm here, and in all, you know, with as I said before, I cannot play any instrument. I cannot sing one goddamn song because I hit all the wrong notes. That's, called, I'm, that's called jazz, Thomas. <laughs> I'm the best jazz musician you can see. <laughs> But the thing is, I have to, like, in, with, all, with all arrogance, I would actually... State that I, how how do I put this? Hang on, I gotta I gotta find the right words. In my job, I need to decide whether a song is good or not. Although I have no understanding of how a song is made, <laughs> I just hear a song. I'm like a producer. I'm like the Rick Rubin of everything. You go like I go in there and say it's good or bad, and you'd never really feel you know how much how much work is be behind all this. Well, in in a way, you know, I I think that. <clears throat> um, Someone in your position that's been in, in radio for so long and, and in metal for so long, you may not realize this, Thomas, but huh. you sort of become, you've become a musician in your own right. And in radio uh. and, and the knowledge that you have, I mean, you don't consider yourself a musician, but you've been around it and you've been, you, you've, you've taken in so much about know, it. But, but still, I'm, I'm nowhere near you well i'm giving you way more credit than you're giving yourself because there's bands coming up once in a while you know young bands kids you go like what do we need to do they ask me they go like you know what, what can we do and it's like i listen to their stuff and they go like you could do this and this and then that but then sometimes they ask me specifics things like you know we have this song here what do you think we can we, we can do with the melody i'm like Dude, I have no fucking idea what you can do because I cannot sing. Well, that's when you give them my number. And uh, <laughs> if they can afford it, if they can afford it, I'll help them out. I'll rewrite that shit on a dime. <laughs> There's the kind of stuff, you know, the taking care of you need to, uh, you need to have. Uh, 
but you know what I mean? It's so, so as soon as, as I get asked to, to evaluate shit, I'm not a fan anymore. Mm. I can't be a fan anymore. And this takes away so much of my personal, personal pleasures too, being a heavy metal fan, because you go like, well, you, 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 you listen to stuff with two different sets of ears. The radio ears and the personal ears, and sometimes you don't have time for the personal ears anymore. Man, and, uh, I'm so glad you just told me that because I was just about to like try to bounce some ideas into <laughs> some new stuff off you. I'm gonna <laughs> believe me, I'm gonna keep that shit to myself. Yes, yes, you do. Uh, please, <laughs> another ein Bier bitte, yeah. Ja. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you no, know uh, when you're starting a band, and you know when you have that excitement. Yeah. Uh, of being in a group yeah. and, and, and putting together some songs and, and you know, doing some gigs, getting that reaction from yeah. the crowd yeah. and, and you see it working. You're not, you know, you're not thinking about a guy, you know, the guy with the thick rim glasses <laughs> in the back room, looking at the books, adding up some numbers <laughs> and uh, no, you know no, what I mean? No. And, and so it's, it is a, uh, and, and unfortunately what happens is um, a lot of, a lot of musicians because their passionate their passion lies yeah. in the music yeah. and not in that you know those musicians can sometimes make the wrong break the wrong decisions yeah. and this and that because they're not really thinking along those lines so it's it's sort of a reality that if you're if you're going to be in you sort of have to embrace the business yeah um, but you don't you don't you don't have to um, you can embrace it in a positive way, you know what I mean? That's and if you're successful and you but don't have to be so greedy. You don't have to. And no. that's and that's what you run into a lot where like, you know, you try to put packages together. Um there yeah. could be ultimate situations, but you know, everybody wants their piece of the pie. It's a tough game, man. It's a tough game. Yeah, but you know, when you're young, you you get fucked over pretty much all the time. Yeah. Because you know, you there's you might know so much, but then there's something you don't know, and mm -hmm. just the other guys know it, and you don't, and that's where you, you know, you head off. I mean, I talked to Papa Roach. They've been in the business for 17, 18 years now. Or let's let, be 20 years. And what they said is like, you know, at the beginning, they just signed bad contracts. Oh, yeah. For, you know, and we're talking, we're not talking 1982. We're talking 2000. Sure. And it still happens. It happens. All the time. Absolutely. Know? Just for example, um, you know, when we had the opportunity to sign with Atlantic Records yeah. after our first two albums on a, on a smaller label, Shrapnel. Yeah, when G when Jimmy Runner. Page said, these guys have to be on Atlantic, they have to be on our label. <laughs> I know. Hey, you know, and that's the point. You know, when you're a young artist and you get that kind of opportunity and yeah. you're, you're thinking to yourself, Atlantic Records, Led Zeppelin, ACDC, yes. Aretha Franklin, Aretha <laughs> yes. goddamn Franklin. Aretha Black Metal Franklin. You know, you know? so... I mean, uh, you know, and you get those kind of opportunities. It's the, the temptation. You don't care. No. You, you don't care. Don't. Give, give me a pen. Yeah. In fact, just give me a knife. I'll sign that thing in blood. <laughs> um, and, and we did. Yeah. And yeah. we did. But that you know, makes you what? Number 175 on the roster? Exactly. You know, you're, you're a small fish in a big pond in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. You got to crack through that. Yeah. And, uh, no, we've got Aretha working for us now. And, <laughs> it's a uh, stage manager. And J Jimmy is a consultant, so <laughs> it's all good. But uh, uh, Jimmy, uh, actually, you know, I, I met Jimmy Page two, oh. two years ago. I think it was two years ago. Uh, they, okay, you just beat every story I have. 
No, it was actually it wasn't that exciting. It was exciting, obviously, to meet him, to talk to him, to get to talk to him. But it was a very, a, a, a very technical talk, a very business talk. Oh. And so you know, you, because it was, he uh, had some let's say re-releases he was working on on vinyl. He did all this, you know, he remastered all the music for CD to to be to have the best possible sound that you can have on a CD. From that on, going from that on, he changed back and goes like, okay, this is the best sound on CD, but what's the best sound on vinyl? So he went back to the studio and remastered everything to be the best thing on vinyl. And and that's okay. where you go like, and you know, you know, you have 20 minutes to talk to him. And uh, he, he, obviously he talks about the new products and what he did. And so... Uh, you, you you just you just feel whatever you know whatever the the details whatever we were talking about the overall feel is that this guy knows his business oh yeah <clears throat> and I think he does really really well he was a master at layering in the studio too like he could just take um, simple he could take a simple riff and layer it with some chord pattern yeah. in, in a way that would <clears throat> just be so effective yeah. in the studio he was truly a master. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm a, you know, still to this day, Led Zeppelin was one of my biggest influences, um, of all time. And I always, I've, you know, it's funny. I even, I had a couple, I've never, I've never met Jimmy Page. I would love to talk with him. I had a dream once that I met him on a beach and, and he was just like (laughs) kicking back on a beach, like without his shirt off and just, you know, getting some sun. And you went over there and just kissed him on the lips right away. Okay, that was a different dream, Thomas. <laughs> that was a different dream. But you had those but, eyes. I go like, oh my god, this is the way it went. <laughs> but no, I, I remember in the dream, I asked him all these questions, and he gave me all these answers. And then when I woke up, I couldn't remember one of them, and I was just like, oh my god! <laughs> if there's any way I could just go back to sleep and record that, uh, <laughs> no, but I, <laughs> he, he, you know, I've I've been lucky to. To have some great experiences with some of my all-time idols, but uh, Paige, Paige is sure one of them. You know, like as much as the, the, the interview that was without lots of emotions, that was just really just doing the business. At the end of the interview, I gave him some records to sign. And I, I just said to myself, look, it's Jimmy Page. I'm, I'm just going to try and give him something special. So I brought in some Japanese import records that I have, you know, uh, with everything just beautifully made. The original is first pressings oh, and with poster and everything. Let's have two. So cool. And uh, all by themselves, like uh, worth, you know, uh, uh, a little bit. So, and he saw them and he really, he talked, he, he starts off right away, you know, like, like you had him there, like, go, like, look, this, this color of the whole cover is different than the one you had in England and blah and blah and such as this and blah. And so, and, and there you had, that's where he was waking up, but you know, the microphone was already out, you know, it was turned off. And so I was like, yeah, there's, besides all the business person, there's still this fan and this caring person about like the details and everything that that's in his music and in everything that, that shows his music and, 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 you know, transports his music. So it's all still there. And I'm like, it's just, it's just there. You know, it's just, he's just, it's phenomenal. it. Yeah, when when Led Zeppelin did that that one reunion album and yeah, the special the, the celebration thing day thingy, yeah. with uh, Jason Bonham yeah. on drums, yeah. 
they got a request for something like a hundred million concert tickets. I think it was about twenty million, but I was one of them. Oh yeah, <laughs> I played the lottery too, dude. Whenever it's twenty, I just like to say a hundred for radio. <laughs> but um, but I I know I. It depends. There was room for 20,000 in the O2 Arena in London, obviously. And I think half of them was guest list. (laughs) (laughs) The the other half was uh, like some some kind of sponsors and uh, big multinational corporations. And uh, there were like five tickets, you know, sold. But but I had had heard that... Um, that Paige and John Paul Jones and Jason Bonham were like fully on board to do it, but they couldn't get Robert Plant to no. agree to it. No, it's like, funny. Could, could you imagine like how frustrating that could be? Like, no, you know what? That's why. That's why you always got to be the singer. <laughs> if you're <laughs> the singer, you're in control. All, hey, all the more credit to Robert Plant. This guy, I just just recently, <clears throat> he said in an interview, "Why am I supposed to write my memories?" God damn it, fuck you, I'm not going to do this. My memories are locked between my ears, and that's where they're going to stay. Yeah, fuck you all, I'm not going to do it. I got better things to do. I have to go down to the pub and talk to the neighbors. You know, that's all he does. You can, you can throw as much money on him at him yeah. as you want to. This guy does, just does whatever he wants to do. He goes like, let's zap this over because one of our guys died. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, and good night. Yeah. Period. You got you got to love him for this as much as, I, as I'd love to see Led Zeppelin live. Well, it's not going to happen because this guy just doesn't give a rat's ass. I don't even know why he did this celebration day thing. Ahmed Ertegun, yeah, right. That's the, the name of this guy, right? Atlantic, yeah, yeah. Guru. So, but but around applause, he goes like, "No, I have to go. I'm a, got an appointment at the tennis court at three o'clock. Fuck off." Yeah. <laughs> And I love him for this. This is punk rock. No, that I mean, there's it, something very special about keeping the original thing. But you know, it's just like it, it's a double edged sword, man. You yeah, know? it is. I mean, because when one there's still when someone leaves, like you know, like Metallica lost Cliff Burton. Okay, mm-hmm. they could have done the same thing, and people might may have loved them for it, but. There was still those other three guys with tons of creative stuff and stuff that they wanted to do. So they so they carried on and they got Jason. You know, he stepped in to some shoes that were unfillable. Yeah. You know what I mean? But but he did it and I always really admired Jason. I thought he was incredible in Metallica. Me too. Me too. And um but at the same time, he kind of took on a job that there's no way you're going to please everybody. And and in another instance, a very dear friend of mine, Brad Gillis, mm. uh, someone who's made guest appearances on my last <laughs> four albums. Yeah. Also was in that same position with Ozzy filling unfillable shoes with Randy Rhodes. Even though Brad Gillis in his own right, is one of the, maybe one of the greatest rock guitar players out there as well. But when you're when you're filling those shoes, it's it's such a it's such a fine line between okay, this was the original, so yeah. without it, it's over. But then when someone goes, man, there's still there's other people there that are still full of life that still have ideas, and I experienced this thing myself. Yeah. You know, when when I lost Carl Albert, yeah arguably one of the greatest singers in rock and roll yeah. and, and and not just because i say so but because i say so 
Um, no, I'm sorry, Tom. <laughs> um, because you know people have considered him to be. Yeah. Uh, people compared him to yeah, without Dio a doubt. Yeah. And 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 Rob Halford and compared him to that kind of level of singers. And and really, when you start with a guy like that, like where do you go from there? Hmm. But we were we were still young. We still had plenty of ideas. We couldn't imagine like just stopping. You know it's, what I mean? It's kind of strange because you know every day I do I do a, a regular like little morning show every day where I go through all the, the heavy metal news and I present them. And so often you have like, you know, bass player X leaves band Y gets replaced by bass player Z. I haven't heard the name of the original bass player ever, you know, and therefore not, you know, the replacement I have no idea of. Mm -hmm. And this happens so often now that it's 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 just on the one hand so common that people get replaced, but and it's hard to say that, and, and I don't mean it that way, that offensive, but it's it's no names getting replaced by no names. Okay, in, in that case, yeah. in a lot of, in a lot of bands because there's so many bands, there's a lot of younger bands that maybe I'm not too familiar with. You know, sometimes bands just you know they're they're not there for so long anymore. Sure, so it's just it's it's not that you have a a 20 year career automatically. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't happen anymore. But then again, you have uh, then you have the stuff that Metallica had or you, you know, with replacing a, a guy when he just when your career career just took off. And you know you're on a roll. And so I think you don't want to stop that. Absolutely, man. I That's could, just, 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 you know, it's not going to happen. This is too big a part of my life, man. And, you know, just, I, I get so much enjoyment out of whatever we do, whether, I mean, I'm, but I'm kind of sick. I mean, I have fun going to the airport. So yeah. I'm weird. <laughs> but, um, you are insane. That's what you are. <laughs> but, you know, um, When I, I remember talking to have, you know, I was asking Brad, you know, in detail, like, yeah. you know, what was it, you know, what was that like for you, man? Like, I, it's hard to imagine the pressure that he had stepping in for Randy Rhodes at that time. Yeah. And, and, and he was telling me, man, he was like, man, and you know, like he didn't, he, he, there was no, he had to do it. Like there was no way Ozzy called him and invited him. Like he had to do it. Yeah. Otherwise he would have hated, you know, he would have regretted it the rest of his life. Yeah. yeah But, totally. And he's a world-class guitarist. <clears throat> and at the time yeah. there's just some people that are not willing to accept another, yeah. another guitarist. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he's still got people in front of him. Like, you know, with pictures of Randy Rhodes or looking at him with their arms crossed, you know, and it's, it's, it's Brad Gillis for Christ's sake. What do you want? Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but the only time that happened really smoothly, as far as I can see, and I was still a kid when that happened, it must've been uh, replacing Bon Scott. Oh yeah. I wonder how they pulled this off. Seriously. Yeah. I, I And up to this day, I don't know. And then to come that, out with a bit, one of the biggest juggernaut albums of all time. Yeah. But it's it's not the record. It's just the mere fact that they're at the first tour with the Back in Black album. Because back then, when a record came out, like the number of the beast, we, we we talked in one of the other shows. You didn't know it's a, it's gonna be a classic. It's just a, it's just a record. Yeah, it's the That's next new. album. It's the next record. And Back in Black was the next record with a couple of good songs. But you didn't know back then it was they, they would become classics. Yeah. But then again, why weren't there like? The, the the arenas full of people with their arms like this and going like, well, dude, what the fuck you want? You're not Bon Scott. It didn't happen, did it? Yeah, not. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no. It, it's funny because it could have gone either way. Yeah, and I'm sure there were some people that just 
still had, you know, that air of like, Oh, you know, we, we want bond. We miss bond, but man, that's life, man. Yeah. That, that is life. And, you, that's true. and, yeah. uh, I think that the, the human instinct is to keep going. So in that regard, you know, I, well, well, I now, now we learned that, you know, the young brothers in Angus Young, he would keep going just no matter what. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no. They would kick Brian Johnson out for no reason and then just continue, continue, get this machine running. I don't know why. I think they, they pretty much, you know, demolished themselves and then and, and what, what what's A C D C now is not the same anymore, you know. Although I like Axel Rose and I like what he did because I thought it was original and fresh and different. You know, you cannot just go on like this. And now that Malcolm's dead, it's yeah. Although he wasn't in the band anymore, but still, you know, why would he continue? How much money do you need to make? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. A lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's agree on that. That's true. Yeah, that's fucking true. That's a, I don't know. But this is just some, it's just strange. It's just strange. And there's well, one. ACDC is kind of a phenomenon, though, in that respect. Like, <clears throat> there's that handful of bands that are just, they never have to make another record again. They could sell out a stadium anytime they want. I, I Just off the top of my head, I, those, yeah. those bands would be GNR, Metallica, mm-hmm. ACDC, mm-hmm. The Stones, yeah. and Pink Floyd. And The Eagles. And The Eagles. Okay, sure. Mm. Sure. If the, um, so any of those bands really have just reached this legendary status. And, but, it, but, they, it, but I, you know, when, yeah. I, when I see concert tickets going, you know, Rock and roll was never about a $500 concert ticket, you know, and that's just messed up. This is something we need to address because it's something where we, we didn't have time the last time we talked about Aerosmith. We both went to the show in Munich. Mm-hmm. I didn't pay anything myself. <laughs> I didn't pay a dime. <laughs> but the thing I is, snuck in, actually. <laughs> I, this fence was fairly low, actually. <laughs> but the thing is, I saw Aerosmith like 20 years ago you know, with all the MTV stuff and pump and what have you, you know, and you paid like 25 euros, maybe 30, $35. And you got out after the show, you go and like, Oh my God, it was unbelievable. Did you, did you, oh my, oh, and now you go, you go to see Aerosmith now. Yeah. You pay $250 and you get out of the show and afterwards you go like, Oh, it was nice. Yeah. What right? the fuck is wrong with that? Yeah, I hear you, man. What the fuck? Hey, the first time I saw Aerosmith yeah. was, was at the HIC Arena in Hawaii. Okay? Right. Yeah. T- tickets were three fifty, four fifty, <laughs> and six dollars and fifty cents. And you took the three fifty. And I took the three fifty. You took the three fifty. And, and, you know, and I had to save up for it. No. <laughs> but uh no but you know, back then, uh <clears throat> That that was, uh, you know, of course it was different time, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, different time. Things weren't, you know, the overhead was lower, whatever. The greed was lower. Yeah, yeah, you know, like uh, I don't know. It's just like the Rolling Stones. You know, it's like it's it's incredible to see them. And uh, the last couple times I saw them, uh, and I thought they were, it was incredible to see them. I mean, I I really enjoyed it, but there was no way I would have paid. I'm not going to pay. $300 or more for a concert or, or just any of those kind of figures just because that's not rock and roll. And plus I've already seen everybody. But, um. <laughs> I, there's one thing I paid for and I still don't regret it to this day. It's obviously it's a kiss meaning greed. Okay. I paid for this in 2008 and I, you know, it was 800 euros. Oh, and, wow. Uh, 
And uh, well, I got off easy then on the Kiss convention. It was a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, you did. And everybody said, "You crazy? You crazy? You yeah. can't do this." I'm like, "I'm doing this because I'm a diehard fan since I was born." Yeah, I need to do this, you know. And uh, well, I had some interviews. I, I, I think I talked to Gene on the phone once, and back then, you know. But 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 uh, but then I, I met him like throughout now uh, a little bit more often. But uh, back then, you know. I said to my wife, look, uh, I need to buy this. And she goes like, I understand. Why don't you buy the sound check too? You know? So she, she's really supportive of, about all this. Thomas, you got to marry her again. That's amazing. <laughs> that was, that was really, I, That's I was a like, good woman yeah, right honey, there. Honey, I don't see any sense in a sound check. We saved those 300 euros. Okay. <laughs> Let's go, okay. So I went, I went to this meeting greet and it was as, it was good. It was, it was all right. It was just a normal, regular meet and greet shit, you know, and you get to sign some stuff and you get like a picture taken or two, or two pictures. Yeah. And that's about it. You get out and you go like, yeah, you, I met Kiss and it's, it's fun somehow, you know, but is it worth it? You don't know. But then, <laughs> but then I go back to work and everybody goes like, ha, so you paid $800 for the meet and greet. Ha, how was that? So I showed them the pictures and they go like, Oh my God, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's the only thing. That was, that was where time was really, uh, where, where the money was really okay. It was, it was value for money, some sort of. Nowadays, the Kiss Mini Greet got even better because they play an acoustic show for you. Oh, wow. Everybody who pays for the Mini Greet. And I stumbled in for free just by accident at the last show that they did here. So I got to see the, the acoustic stuff. And you know, you said, Right next to Paul Stanley, you could take a selfie while he's playing Shandy, you know. Oh, that's so cool. It's, it's funny. And then you get a picture too and everything. It's, uh, it's strange. Well, you know, when, um, yeah. if, if, if you're, you know, see like the passion that you were just, you know, I could see that passion in your face, like yeah. when you're talking about it. Yeah. And believe me, he's got a face for radio, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But when you have that kind of passion and that's what make rock, that's what makes rock and roll go around. It's just, you know, I just, uh, you know, you for, know Motley Crue charging a thousand dollars to do it. I, yeah. You know, I the, don't know. The passion is still there, but on the same, at the same time, you know, it's stuff like this that takes the passion away from the fans because they go like, dude, dude I don't want to be this pig that you take out and, you know, just, just dry out to get all the money out of it and uh, i can understand it so it's i think it's right now it's harder being a fan than it used to be well for anything i i agree with you on that for sure when when you did the uh when you went to the kiss um the meet and greet yeah we're we're all four members there yeah okay imagine this motley crew charged i think a thousand dollars to do it Without Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee wouldn't do it. He didn't want right. to do it, and I kind of that I kind of thought was really cool. Like in a way, it was cool that he didn't want to charge the fans to do that. But at the same time, it's kind of messed up because you paid all that money and you didn't get the whole band. You know what I mean? It's the but, same with uh, Deep Purple had the same stuff. Oh, and uh, Ian Gillen refused. He wouldn't do it. He huh? wouldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's in a way like business wise, it's kind of brilliant because you're on tour anyway. Yeah. You're there anyway. Yeah. So why not at the end of the tour? Why not make an extra seventy five grand? You know by <laughs> you know by kids, doing this. But at this meeting group where I went, there were thirty people, and so you, they made pretty much roughly thirty thousand bucks just without having played a single note. Yeah, uh, 
It's it's and insane. You, and you're there anyway on tour, so it was just it was a way to make. But uh, you know, whoever came up with that was kind of brilliant. Is it is it really correct that the Five Finger Death Punch charged five hundred dollars for a mini greed? I know I heard something about that. I thought you were looking it up, and uh, and I thought I couldn't believe it at first because this band is not nowhere near Kiss or anything. And uh, I think for for them being that young, charging so much, it's a little bit outrageous. And and that's why at the Vicious Rumor shows, I actually give people three dollars and seventy five cents. Um, you can come and meet us and I'll give you $3 and 75 cents. So, you know, come out and say hello. You know, this podcast, it's going to be downloaded 1 million times. <laughs> You're going to be flat as broke by the end of this night. You know that. <laughs> it's going to, it's going to be. <laughs> you know, let, let's talk Pantera for a minute. Yeah. Let's talk Pantera yeah. for a minute. I have always been, I've always loved Black Sabbath was one of, is still one of my all time favorites. But I always loved the twin guitar attack, right? Yeah. And but I gotta say that I was I was lucky enough to see Pantera in concert throughout their career about six, seven times. I only saw them once. And and I just gotta say that like I really never saw a a band with one guitar player that was that badass <laughs> and that was that powerful. Um, kind of along the lines of Saxon, where the the band just never let me down live. They were so amazing. So you you did see them once? Yeah, I saw them in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, and uh, type of negative opening up there was. Was the, that an Ozfest? No, it wasn't an Ozfest. Oh, okay. It was a regular tour, and it was at the heyday where they had uh, this number one record. The, the what's it called? The one with the screw in the head. Where, where Five Minutes Alone was on there and, uh, and everything else. Ladies and gentlemen, heavy metal expertise here in our podcast. <laughs> I forgot the fucking name. It anyway. Did, it was so good it didn't matter is the point. <laughs> the point. And did, I don't know. Did you, did you feel that way? Like when you saw them? No. No. Uh, it was a very average gig that they oh. did. Uh, it wasn't bad. Okay. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't really you know, outrageously good. Okay. So it was, uh, it, it was just decent, you know, obviously it was fun, but, but not, not that outstanding, you know, uh, I just couldn't see that. But, uh, for me, maybe for you, it's Dimebag. Yeah. Who's the important person, you know, for me, I, I kind of look at, you know, Phil Anselmo and go like, yeah, he's, he's an interesting character. Yeah. He, he is. He's an interesting character. And, and for me, it was all about Dimebag. Nah, and, uh, it's funny. It's funny, yeah. And because um, I I tend to gravitate towards guitar players anyway, but uh, he was uh, he was one of those guys that was so powerful on on his his rhythms were so tight and so heavy, and his leads just had so much fire in them. Did you ever get to meet him? I did a couple times. Yeah, All right. I, I got to talk with him a couple times, and he was it was a little. Uh, I, f- I kind of felt like I was bothering him. <laughs> Um, but, uh, no, you're not bothering anybody, but I, but, but I kind of feel like I'm bothering you right now, Am I? <laughs> but, uh, he was, uh, just, just fantastic, man. I mean, I, I just thought that for, for seeing, for a guy that always loved that two guitar attack, yeah. they were a band for me that was like, he was just a one man army. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I played the nightclub where he was assassinated. At. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, um, when that <clears throat> happened, wow. I, I still like when I, when I think back on it, it's just like, it's just 
a, a guy who just gets assassinated on stage with his, you know, while his guitar is yeah. like feeding back. Yeah. I mean, it's just hard to imagine like his fate. You know, funny thing is, as tragic as this was, and I remember that too, because you, you, the news came in and you go like, yeah. it's, it's not, it's not real. You, you don't realize that. You cannot you, like imagine that yeah, this can't, really happened. You can't process no. it. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. But then what happened afterwards with his brother, with Phil Anselmo, with maybe even with Rex Brown, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't you have four dumb rednecks in one band that's just <laughs> too dumb to talk? to each other and discuss things and talk stuff out. Thomas Metal Moser, ladies and gentlemen. I, I'm sorry. Nobody, you know. And I met Rex and I met uh, Vinnie Paul. Yeah. And they're nice guys. It's, it's all good. I never met Phil and Selma because hardly ever shows up here. Only with Down. You yeah. know? And it was a great show, by the way. But, but then again, they just fucking talk to each other. Yeah. Don't be such a dumb bunch of fucking rednecks. It's, it's amazing. And you know it's it's sad that um even on that level but it just kind of goes to show like whether it's a local band or whether it's a huge corporation yeah. or, or a you know very highly successful band like Pantera yeah. Yeah. sometimes music is the music is so powerful to uh people to the musicians that they really like they they just forget that they're adults <laughs> you know what i mean and like it's it's such a powerful emotion, the jealousies, the egos, whatever it is. But you're very, you're actually made a very good point about like, you know, like why why did it possibly get that bad between Phil and and Dime, where he was actually like turned away from his funeral. He Phil, you know, Phil had said some awful things yeah. about Dimebag, yeah. and, and then right before he got assassinated, yeah. and so. But I think Phil, you know, realized. Phil's, Phil's a good guy, man. Phil, he know. gets he gets taken the wrong way. Maybe yeah. he said some stupid shit, whatever. But you know what, man? He's a good dude. And, that's funny. Uh, that's funny because I, you know, I've I've lived in those places where he where he comes from, like you know, the south. Okay. So I know how those people are, and I know they're good at heart. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they do the dumbest shit ever, <laughs> and that's what he does, like you know, repeatedly. Exactly. And, and it's just just bad because I like him too. I think mm-hmm. he's a good guy. I think you can hang out with him really a lot. Yeah. But then again, he's such, he's so dumb sometimes that it just makes me, it aggravates me, really. So, uh, there were talks not, just not too long ago to reunite Pantera with, uh, the guy from Ozzy Osbourne, the guitarist. Oh, Zach. Zach Wald, really, to replace Dimebag. Wow. And I thought that was a good idea. I, I do too. Can we get that? Can we work on that a little I bit? I don't think it's ever going to happen. <laughs> that was incredible. I mean, when you um, think about when you think about a guy who's similar style, um, Zach would be a guy that that could almost fill that. And Zach is a guy who's got the charisma exactly. and the personality and to could, fill that in, and could carry. I, I think Zach is also like yeah. a one man wrecking ball mm. on guitar. So I could really see that, man. Wow, that's a. I didn't hear that, but that I like. Um, I like it, that idea. It popped up and it disappeared again, and uh, I think it's not going to happen because I think Vinnie Paul is not into. There, he and Phil is this is not going to work out. Yeah. And uh, I think it's so stupid that two grown up men cannot even talk to each other because they're so dumb. Uh, I got to repeat myself here, but uh, you know, it's just, that's just a fact of the matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's as sad as it seems. It it is sad, and um, 
but it just it just goes back to that whole thing where it's uh it's music generates just think of like you know when you hear a great song and it makes you a feel a certain way yeah. and there's uh, there's a behind the scenes of that you know the, be- yeah. the behind the scenes of that yeah. is if someone gets kicked out of a band someone gets fired whatever that's like it's, it's not like a regular job you know so it's no 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 but but still look at sepultura these guys have been split since 1996 right 21 years and plus counting you know Still talking shit. They still talk shit to each other, like on a daily basis. You go like Max Cavalier and Igor go like, no, we're not, you know, simple right now. They fuck you, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'll tell you, man, and anyone who knows Vicious Rumors really well knows that we have a stalker who's an ex-member. And I'm not even going to grace our podcast with his name. Okay. (laughs) But we, we have a guy that's been out of the band for years. Yeah. And he just can't let it go. I mean, I just, I, for me, I just can't imagine it. We, we've reached out to him. We've invited him to do reunions. We tried to sweep it under the rug, but he's just, to this day, will still just constantly. I just imagine, like, how can, I just think, what is he doing? He's, he's sitting in a basement in dirty underwear on a computer, just no, but, hate mail. Like, but still, why do can- people do that? You cannot blame Bruce Springsteen for everything he does. For him. I'm sorry. You know, you cannot you just do this. Give him some time and some credit. Okay. He's going to reevaluate stuff. You know, it's all going to be good. You're, you know, you're right, Thomas. Thank you. <laughs> but look at, you know, that's a funny thing. And it just comes up fairly often now that, you know, the years go by and by. You have all those, those personal feuds going on. Look at Dave Mustaine and Metallica. How long did that take? Yeah. Until this was like sort of good again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, how ridiculous can uh, it be? Yeah. With two incredibly successful bands. <sighs> you gotta be shitting me. Yeah. Well, you know, my, my, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned Dave, Dave Mustaine, because when you think of, uh, you know, I know he, he gets a lot of heat from a lot of a lot of people from a lot for a lot of different reasons but i think it's absolutely incredible that he could be start in a band like metallica mm-hmm. and go on to build another band as legendary as megadeth and i you know my you know that's it's I, not an easy thing to do no i tell you something i i i talked to dave mustaine three times and it was every time it was super yeah just just great. Last time, last year, or what they played in Munich, and I had an interview with him, you know, just before the show. He comes in, he doesn't say anything, he just hands me a, a, a bottle of beer and goes, like, let's do this. I'm like, I'm in. I'm game. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. You know? And, uh, and it, 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 every interview was like that. It was, he was never arrogant. He was almost like, sort of Lemmy like. He goes like, that's a real answer to a real question, you know? And if it's a dumb question, you get a dumb answer. Sure. And, and, and that's what, how all those interviews went. And uh, it was just great shit. I'm like, this dude is, I don't know. You know, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't understand why all the world would, would be on him. Because he's just normal. Yeah, he's a sharp guy. Yeah. He's a sharp guy. I think guy. so. And, um, he, he was an alcoholic probably. He was a drug addict. He was everything. Still, his brain is still working though. He's not Aussie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although Aussie's brain is working too. I'm sorry. Oh, oh I'm getting a call again. Oh, hold on a second. Hi. Dave, how are you? <laughs> um, um, no. Um, 
I can't do that right now because I'm in. Well, for one, I'm in Germany, and and that's illegal. <laughs> okay, look, I'm right in the middle of this podcast. Can I call you back? Okay, right on. Mega death rules. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so uh, that was good. I yeah. like that. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, well, as I said, the funny thing is, Megadeth was one one of the first thrash metal bands, the speed metal bands, whatever you want to call it, that had intelligent lyrics. Do you remember that? When Peace Sells But Who's Buying came out, like everybody was still skull fist steel slashing trashing murdering killing and Dave Mustaine goes like what do you mean I cannot be president of the United States of America yeah I'm like I was so impressed I thought like this is the best shit I've ever heard well that's cool and I still I still think up to this day that the lyrics of peace sales but who's buying uh, next to let the garden burn uh, are the best lyrics I've ever, you know, read and uh, and seen. I told him that. Oh, that's him, cool. Look, look, dude, it's it's thirty years ago, but these are still some of the best lyrics I've ever read. No. And it's still, you know, they they got away from from all the the cliche and I just had political lyrics. Then sometimes good, sometimes not not as good. But I thought it was still it, it's still more intelligent than than most of the other stuff, you know. Yeah, I, I I would prefer to listen to his political rants more than say Eminem. <laughs> you know what? I'm not sure. I'm not so sure anymore. Because you know, it, him being a reborn Christian, I don't know what that means. Actually, if this is if you that serious, you know, we don't have this over here pretty much. So uh, it, that that's what kind of kind of surprised me. And then again, I don't know if he's pro Trump or against Trump. I'm not. I'm not so sure. I mean, you tend to. You know, when you get older, you tend to get more conservative, which is okay because I'll, I'll get more conservative. Mm-hmm. But but I, I don't. I don't know about his political 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 views anymore. So I'm not. I'm not so sure. I don't know. But uh, uh, Megadeth is still there, and yeah. they're, they're gonna be. They're gonna be with Judas Priest touring. Fantastic. Yeah, which is gonna be good. Yeah. <laughs> In America it's uh it's gonna be Priest, Saxon, and Black Star Riders, which is can't get much better than that. Oh, it's For gonna be Priest priest and yeah, yeah, yeah. For the old school. Priest and Saxon. Priest and Saxon that's together. Just, that's just a win win. <laughs> I don't know whose shirt I'm gonna buy. Yeah, I'm the, the sixty-five dollar shirts that you can, can get. <laughs> they need they need to make it where it's like priest on the front and Saxon on yeah, the back yeah, or yeah. something. You know, that happened. Really? There were there were. I had two tours in the '80s where this happened. It was Sodom and Whiplash together. Oh, cool! And they had, they had a t- I have I got this shirt and I had a shirt together and uh, it was Voivod and Creator. Oh, right. and they had this creator skull, and it was Voivod written on it, and it was really cool. So, in Voivod and creator, that's super. Cool. Yeah, 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 it's cool. I still got them. I still fit in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah baby. I'm, yeah, my sexy body is still there. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, it's going good. Are we? <laughs> We're done for today. Okay. Yeah, let's go home and uh, do some heavy metal stuff there. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, it's been great. Uh, this is what number five. This is number five of out of five hundred. Five out of five hundred. Okay, man. <laughs> we still have a lot to discuss, ladies and gentlemen. Tune in next time when we're back with the heavy metal culture clash with Jeff Thorpe of Wishes Rumors and Thomas Metal Moser of Nothing. 
That's <laughs> that's. Would, it's would you stop it saying that? That's true. Yeah, fucking, yeah. This it's is Metal Moser, the most legendary DJ radio man in in Bavaria, in Germany, in this studio right now, in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a lot in common and a lot of difference, and uh, yeah. you know, doing this together is has been fascinating for me, and uh, I hope that uh, that our listeners are enjoying it as much as as uh, I am here in Bavaria having this fabulous beer. Yes. Prost, prost to you, mein Freund. It's the beer that keeps us going. All right. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Metal on. Heavy Metal Culture Clash. Subscribe to our channel for more heavy rock and metal podcasts. 